0: On the
1: You're listening to the Bear Down Chicago Podcast with Logan Bradley, Ryan Dangle, Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Shagrew, and Jack Wright.
0: bear down chicago podcast yeah we're that bears podcast hello and welcome everybody to the bear down chicago podcast my name is logan bradley i am so happy to be back with you guys today it feels like it's been a good two to three weeks since i've been on here uh you can find me at bear down bradley on twitter today i am joined by my co-host for the pregame back to normal with brendan Shagru. you can find him at brendan Shagru. how are you doing today brendan
1: I'm doing good, Logan. It's it's a weird yeah. week because the Bears don't play till Monday, so we're recording this on a Thursday, but I just realized I think it's been a month since we talked. I'm not a month. I'm not kidding. Woo.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll make it a good one today just to make up for that all that time loss of people have missed. Will. Um but who we are missing today is Jack Wright. You can find him at Bear Down Jack. And then as well as Patrick Sheldon, who you can find at P underscore shells. And last but certainly not least, our usual host, Mr. Ryan Dangle, who you can find at Ryan Dangle. Have, have, did you have a good mini buy too? Because there, it felt like I, this past week has just been a cleanse, a little bit of a cleanse from what emotionally, I feel like we all had to go through one week ago tonight.
1: I really did. And it, for a number of reasons, one, all of my bears wire stuff got pushed back a day. So I've had an extra, I I not only had extra days for the weekend where I didn't have to write, I had very few responsibilities, but all of my stuff got pushed back anyway. So I'm like, this is really nice. I can just sort of relax, watch some other sports. Like, of course I enjoyed watching football and we had a great conversation with conversations with Mark Grody and Cam Ellis on our post game slash mini bi-week show. But I mean, I know we talk football a lot, but Logan, it's baseball playoffs. NBA it is back. <laughs> I'm so excited to watch the Bulls. Like I made that appointment television last night. It's it's a really fun time of the year. And uh I don't know if you noticed, but this is the what some people are calling the sports equinox, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. all four sports I didn't realize it's only happened 27 other times, but where MLB, NFL, NBA and NHL are all on at the same on the same day. Like that's it's truly,
0: insane. it's truly a beautiful time. And we'll get into this because I want to ask you about it when we talk about our bets. But I've seen you tweeting about how you've been insanely cold, and I also cannot win a bet to save my life. So even on this day where there's all these sports going on, I'm not betting because I need to take a week or two off. Which, ladies and gentlemen, uh, not to brag on myself, but you got to do that sometimes. You got to clear the head, get things right, get back to normal. So. As awesome as today, is, I will not be betting, sadly.
1: I'm just glad it's not just me because I was I've been struggling hard. Me too. And I mean, yeah, last night was the first time I broke my streak. I think it's been about like at least two weeks, and I'm not like a big better by any means. I mm-hmm. might play like five dollar, ten dollar bets here and there, but I O Sumu saved me. I owe everything to that man.
0: He's a moneymaker. I bet on him many times last year and he was an awesome guy to bet on, but I digress. We will, uh, we will get into the actual show here and, uh, and talk about some bets later.
1: Well, Logan, I've been, I was just talking about how it's the best time of year. All the sports are happening at once. The leaves on the trees are finally changing colors, at least for us. I don't know how it is for you out in California, but you know, if you also want to look good, as good as those leaves on those trees go to Sheridan's Barbershop. Sheridan's Barbershop is located in historic downtown Wheaton, Illinois, and they've been serving the community for 68 years. They have six barbers, and they're open six days a week, Monday through Saturday. They take Sundays off like a great business should. They have appointments available to book online or by phone at your convenience. So visit SheridansBarbershop.com or call 630-668-0137 and book yours today. Sheridan's Barbershop where traditional meets modern.
0: Brennan, if you are thinking about buying or selling a home in the Chicagoland area, I have a man for you. That man is Jeff Cadwallader with At Properties. Jeff is making it happen for his buyers, using proven tactics to help them get the contracts. And it's not about paying the highest price either. Contact Jeff today to learn more. You can visit him at genevajeff.com or give him a call Text at 630-254-4734. Brennan, we are playing the New England Patriots on Monday night. And um, let's see. Let's go into their offense here. Their quarterback is Tom Brady. Nope. Uh, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh. Oh, wait. Old notes. Okay. Hold on. Okay. Well, hold on. Let's get that figured out. Okay. Mac Jones, I'm hearing, or Bailey Zappi. We actually don't know at this point. It does sound like Mac Jones is healthier. He is practicing and could be playing this week. I do think that's such an interesting dynamic with the fact that Bailey Zappi played played very well um, in Mac Jones' stead and all of a sudden there's, you know, quote unquote, a a quarterback controversy. Although I think reports came out today that whenever Mac Jones is healthy, he will be the starter, but still very interesting to see that. Just the the usual Patriots stuff. I think everybody kind of has PTSD and is always like Bailey Zappi is going to be a hall of famer. He's going to be one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. I don't know if you've got to see him play at all the past couple of weeks at all, but uh, did you, did you see uh, how he played?
1: Yeah, I did a little bit when I was watching Red Zone, especially this past Sunday. And I think what's really interesting is that the Patriots with these two quarterbacks, and I guess you can say Brian Hoyer, too, for a hot minute before he got (laughs) hurt. But at the start of the season, when the Patriots had Mac Jones, they started off really slow, couldn't score a lot of points, had trouble moving the ball, and yet they progressed and they established a good offensive system that worked with them. Then Mac Jones gets hurt after their best offensive performance of the year, mind you. Brian Hoyer comes in, then Bailey Zappi, of course. And you see the same thing. They kind of struggle at first. They're doing okay. But as each week progresses, they're getting better and more confident, and things are just moving a lot more efficiently. And I'm just sitting here thinking man, the Patriots did this with two quarterbacks this year already, and the Bears yes. can't even do it with one. And one of them, you know, with Bailey Zappi, he's just a guy out of nowhere. So the the New England machine just keeps on chugging. And you're right. This is classic Belichick where, of course, he's going to play games right up until the game time where you hear the inactives or you hear who's going to be the starter. And I really don't know. It, I thought it was really interesting the the way that, the report was worded earlier today when they mm-hmm. said Mac Jones was available. Didn't yeah. say he would start. So yeah, a lot of confusion leaning up to Monday night.
0: As for the rest of the Patriots offense, I also don't think it's too big of a coincidence that their offense has sort of started to pick it up now that they've been starting to use Ramondre Stevenson a lot. And he's a guy who I was really, really high on coming into this year, not to brag. I drafted him in all three of my fantasy football leagues. Mm-hmm. And I'm feeling very good about that, but he is currently the starting running back. Damian Harris was out last week with a hamstring injury. It sounds as though he surprisingly might play this week, but I really, really am a big fan of Ramondre Stevenson. He is kind of the perfect three down back that you want these days in the NFL in terms of being able to run between the tackles, but also being able to come out of the backfield on third down and and catch the ball. So it'll be interesting to see if Damian Harris does play, what that split will be like between Ramondre and Damian, because I think that Stevenson, 266 all-purpose yards over the last two weeks at this point, he's proven that he's a huge part of this offense and the Patriots want to run the ball. So, you know, whether Damien Harris plays or not, I think you will see a lot of probably both of those backs on Monday night. As for the receivers for the Patriots, you got Jacoby Myers, Devontae Parker, Nelson Aguilar, kind of kind of a bunch of just guys at this point in their career, like fine receivers. Jacoby Myers, I think, is a fine wide receiver. They had a, a young, I believe, rookie, Taequann Thornton, who kind of broke out last week. So kind of a mishmash of playmakers for them on the offensive side of the ball. As for the defense, I really, until I started looking into it, didn't realize that they have got two of the best pass rushers in the NFL to this point. They have Matthew Judon, who has six sacks, and Dietrich Wise Jr., who has five sacks. And just for context, the NFL leader is Alex Highsmith with six and a half. So those two guys, you know, the Bears had trouble last week against the Commanders. They're probably going to have some trouble against those two as well on Monday night, which leads me into... Kind of a a, a little bit of a complex question, but I just want to get your thoughts, Brendan, on where, like what percentage of the blame, where things should lie in terms of why these sacks are happening so so plentifully against Justin Fields. So when you split it up between Justin Fields, the offensive line, and the receivers maybe not getting open, how much of the blame do you think goes to each of those groups?
1: It's an interesting question, and I think it's one that's been debated really ever since the commander's game, because everybody wants to break down film and they want to see that, okay, the offensive line is struggling here, but then Justin Fields is choosing to run or hold on to the ball here. And then are the receivers getting out of their breaks enough? Are they getting separation? Is it, it, it's a really complex thing. And I mean, the easy answer is just to split them all by, you know, 33%, but I won't do that. I'm going to say the offensive line still is the majority of the issue. I'll say that's 60%. I'll then put Justin Fields at about, let's see if my math is correct. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I am asking about for a lot of math here. I respect that. I'll say 25%. Okay. And then the rest for the receiver is 15%. So, I, I mean, anybody that watches the offensive line, especially the interiors, we know that's a just bad mess. Guys are just coming through really easily. We've talked about the the man who at one point we should not name the center uh, <laughs> who should not be starting. He's had a ton of issues. He's continuing to have issues, but then you have Lucas Patrick struggling at guard. Tevin Jenkins has played well, but that interior is just getting blown up time into time out. And now we're seeing Braxton Jones struggle, which is expected. He's a fifth round rookie. He's still getting his legs under him, but Yeah, like when you – Justin Fields is able – I'll just say this. The stat that goes out is saying like Justin Fields has the second most time in the pocket to actually throw. He's able to create that, you know, with just how quick and how nimble he is. So I think that's a little bit, you know, not totally true on the surface. But at the same time, we have seen him hold the ball too long. I was at the game on Thursday, and I had end zone seats, which – you can have thoughts on like how you want to watch a game, but watching from the end zone view Mm -hmm. is so interesting because you can actually see things develop right in front of you. And you're essentially kind of seeing what the quarterback is seeing just from a, you know, higher point. And yeah, there were times then when the pocket did look good, but for one reason or another fields, wasn't pulling the trigger. Maybe he thought the receiver wasn't open. Like, you know, they should be, or he's looking for just like a little bit more when, a little bit larger window than he's used to. But also I saw many times where receivers just still had their backs turned to him. They're not getting out of their breaks enough. Now is if that's on the receiver or maybe the play design? I don't know. I've been pounding my fist asking for just these quick right off the line, like quick slants, quick screens. And we saw a couple screens, but we're just not seeing those quick three-step drops that the quarterback's able to just, you know, drop it and throw in that way to alleviate some of the pressure. So I'll just put the the play calling as part of that, because I do think Luke Getze can do something to get the receivers off the line a little bit, but yeah, offensive line is still the majority, but there is blame to go around.
0: First of all, shout out to Patrick Sheldon. I feel like every time I open up Twitter, I see some sort of he who shall not be named slander on my timeline offensive lineman slander and it, it, is, it is it never gets old i think it's funny every single time so is he blocked him, yet
1: i i can't he believe has he has to be
0: blocked i i think i think shells is asking for it he's he's looking for it at this point and i i hope it continues but no i think you're correct and i just think something that'll kind of lead me into what my next question for you is going to be. But it, like for me, it's just, uh, yes, the blame is clearly on the offensive line and Fields has some some blame to be had as well. Luke Getsy, sure. I just don't think that – I'm not saying any, anything breaking here by saying there's not a whole lot of talent in the Bears' wide receiver corps, but it it's he doesn't have a lot to work with in terms of guys being able to get open downfield on a consistent basis. I mean, I give Dante Pettis a lot of credit. That, that touchdown catch last week was beautiful. It was a great catch. I think that he has performed to a higher degree than I really thought he would, but at the same time, there's just – There's just nothing. There's not enough talented route runners out there on the field for him. So that maybe leads me into my next question for you, which is basically the trade deadlines coming up in the NFL. Obviously it's not the same as major league baseball and stuff like that. You're usually not going to see too many huge blockbuster trades happen, but let's just say in some hypothetical situation, if you could pull off a trade for, for one player and, and who would that be? So are we talking
1: like, Anyone in the NFL? Are you saying like the guys who are let's yeah.
0: Rumored, rumored, okay. you know, r- slightly realistic, but like, yeah, not like right. Tom Brady that we're going to trade for.
1: Well, I'm not trading for Brady. I'm trading for that's Josh true. Allen. Come on. <laughs> true.
0: true. Give up the whole franchise.
1: Uh, yeah, I would. Well, yeah. after, I don't know, after all that Russell Wilson stuff that happened last year, but that's a, that's another conversation. True. Um, No, the answer for me is easy. It's DJ Moore of the Carolina Panthers. Now, there are rumors as to whether the Panthers are going to actually have a quote unquote fire sale after firing Matt rule. And I don't know if that's going to happen. I think the Robbie Anderson trade where he was traded to the Cardinals was kind of a little bit of an outlier because clearly there were issues there from the start. He just gets kicked out of the game. And Mm -hmm. I was surprised at how quickly he got traded, but DJ Moore is he's not maybe one of those like elite Wide receivers in the game, but he's a very, very good one. And he's on an affordable deal who's still only 25 years old. I mean, think about some Bears fans may not like this, but think about when the Bears got Allen Robinson in 2018. That was the perfect signing because of the production he had, his age. And you know what? It ended poorly, but that was a very good signing. And that really helped the Bears' offense out a lot. So you get somebody like DJ Moore who's just wasting away in Carolina. The quarterback situation's a mess. he may not be like an elite elite receiver but man he could help out this group so much and pairing him with darnell mooney and then thinking in the future for somebody in the draft like a jordan addison or you know jsn even like that is a very very good trio and you are miles ahead of where you were this year if you can get somebody like that along with a rookie
0: I'm sure the compensation would be steep to get DJ Moore, but that's basically why I was asking that question. I just, as soon as DJ Moore was brought up in many circles about somebody that the Panthers were about to potentially trade, God, what a perfect scenario that would be for the Bears. That would be, that would be awesome. Well, let me ask you this, because it
1: just came out today that Elijah Moore, no relation, probably, Elijah Moore is requesting to trade because he's not getting targeted in the Jets passing game. And of course, everybody throws out the, hey, the Bears should get him," And even I did that. But it's a little, it's a lot less exciting of a name, but he's younger. He hasn't proven as much. What are your thoughts on Elijah Moore?
0: There's There are a lot of very, very smart football people who I heard just raving about Elijah Moore last year, and I would love to have Elijah Moore on this team. Honestly, like I think that he probably might have a higher ceiling than DJ Moore in this league. Obviously, DJ Moore at this point is a much more polished receiver and everything, so I'd love to have Elijah Moore, but that gives me a feel of something where... That Jets offense for the first time in forever with all of these young pieces are it's starting to kind of work. Brees Hall has been fantastic. I think they're going to get things figured out there because Zach Wilson just came back and is just starting to play. So they have to figure out, one, how he's going to play well, and then, two, how you figure in Garrett Wilson as a young, exciting rookie, Elijah Moore, Brees Hall. Like, that's so much talent. I, I just think that's a situation where they're going to get it figured out, and DJ Moore maybe right now is just frustrated. But in a perfect world give me one of the mores, more, 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 more on the bears. So <laughs> yeah. I take either of them for sure.
1: Uh, yeah. I will say we're not a jets podcast by any means, but you're right. Like this is, they're in a good situation where if they are starting to figure it out, you have a rookie quarterback No, I'm sorry. You have a quarterback on a rookie deal. You have Elijah Moore, Garrett mm-hmm. Wilson on their rookie deals. Yes. You did pay Corey Davis, but it doesn't make sense for them to trade all those young wide receivers. I mean, if no. somebody pointed out, if they hadn't trained, Uh, if they haven't traded Denzel Mims, are they really trading Elijah Moore? I
0: forgot that Denzel Mims was still on that team.
1: Right? I had to check too. I was I had to check like a few weeks ago. I'm like, what was he drafted like two years ago? Uh, 2020. Yeah, so yeah, Yeah. two years ago too. He's
0: young. That's amazing. Like the NFL is such a strange place of how quickly guys are given up on. And for some of them, maybe it's for the right reasons. Maybe they're not that talented, but it sure is quite crazy how quickly guys can get buried. All right. But back to this week's game, let's get into some predictions here. I have our, our dangle shells and Jack predictions here. We'll go down the line. Ryan dangle. He has this one going in the direction of the new England Patriots 31 to 16, Patrick Sheldon. He has Patriots 24 bears 14 and Jack Wright has Patriots 21 bears seven. So straight down the line right there a, a pretty resounding you know thinking that the bears are not going to come out on top in this one brendan which way are you going this week
1: yeah there's no way i can pick the bears after what happened last week against washington when we i think we all picked the bears to win that game and they should have won mm-hmm. that game but yeah i'm the new england patriots 26 the bears 10 and i just feel like it's we talked about it a little bit with the ground game with Stevenson, just playing right into the Mm -hmm. bears weaknesses. You have then just that two edge rushers. They're probably going to make Justin Fields' life a living hell. I mean, we heard the, I don't know if you heard it or read it, but Bill Belichick's seven-minute talk <laughs> about just praising the Bears, <laughs> buttering them up—you know, this is just going to be. It's probably going to be one of those twenty-six to ten games where the Patriots control the ball for like forty-five minutes, and it's mm-hmm. going to be a lot. It should be a lot worse than it actually looks on the
0: on the box score. Yes, Bill knows exactly that. That whole quote—I didn't even read through the whole thing just because I'm like. Bill, I know what you're doing here. You're 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 not you know making us sound good and actually thinking that we're like a well-rounded team. Um, but my prediction this week, I think Patriots twenty-three, Bears thirteen. I agree. It, it it feels like it's going to be one of those games that looks closer when you look at the numbers than it does in real life, just because boy oh boy I think this Patriots team is really gonna run on us and just you you're you're going into Foxborough. I don't care if 12 isn't there anymore that's still a, a very hard place to play especially in prime time all right let's move into a little bit of, of fantasy football talk before we get into our betting section which is is always my favorite part of the show but fantasy for me so trade deadlines are coming up. I guess I just want to talk about trading for a second, because I'm in a big league that I've been with in with friends for like 10 years. It's a bunch of very smart people, but when it comes to trading, people just kind of refuse to acknowledge like the value of their players. I think everybody kind of wants to overvalue who they have because everybody wants to win in a trade, which that's, that's very fair. But for me, it's just, I can't stress enough, if you want to make a trade happen and you want it to be a fair trade, go to another person's roster, look at the things that like, look at what they need. Are they, are they starting a running back too? That is just, I, I don't even know. I don't have a good example. Or like Chase Edmonds, who just has no business being in a lineup right now. Cause he's second on the depth chart in Miami. Like look at what another person needs, try to find those holes and connect them to your roster of what you have. That's expendable. I don't, I've never been a huge trader. I try to do at least one a year, but have you had much success getting trades done in the past?
1: It depends on the year. And I think there's, there's just been times where I get burned by injury or I guess just me thinking like, Oh, this guy's just about to take off or something. Um, I had a trade last year that was actually like one of the best win-win trades um, I've ever been a part of where I traded away Justin Jefferson for Debo Samuel and Adam. Wow. Thielen, And I was like, because I needed it. And you know what? It talks to that, um, that issue. Like you had like looking at somebody's depth. I didn't have much receiver depth. I had Justin Jefferson. Mm-hmm. I had, this is an eight man league. I think, no, I think it's a 10 man. Yeah. It's a 10 man. Um, this was a 10 man league where i had like justin jefferson and stefan diggs but i had nobody underneath that so i'm like i need like a wide receiver three and adam thielen was the perfect guy for that and debo just turned out to be a stud so it's something like that like i'll get it i'll be like you i'll have a trade once yeah. every year but the thing that drives me nuts is the guy that offers you a trade every week and you just keep declining it and you're like <laughs> yeah. all right after like once or twice, like I know you're full of it and I know you just don't have any integrity. You're just trying to like see, watch me slip up or something like that. That
0: is that's that is a strategy in fantasy football. I think of some people is to maybe like send a late night Friday trade and maybe your trade partner is out having a couple of drinks and they'll accept. And yeah. that, I think that's probably what that guy does is just shoots them out at the hip and hopes there's a mistake.
1: Probably. And maybe there is, a, maybe that is part of the strategy because if you decline something and then your guy ends up doing bad for the next two weeks, you're like, damn it. I really should have, like, you know, mm-hmm. gotten rid of him or something. So the next time a trade comes up, you might actually be like, well, I don't want that to happen again. The worst trade situation I've been a part of was years ago, like 10 years ago, real quickly. I forget who it was, but I offered a trade to a guy who wasn't as much in, like invested in football, who was part of the league. And it was a very fair trade at the time. I it, I was very adamant about that. I needed a receiver. He needed a quarterback. Again, forget who it was. The entire league came after me. Like, you're just trying to, you know, trade, rape him or whatever. I don't like saying that word, but you, you're trying to just like screw him over. And I'm like, guys, no, I'm really not. They're like, no, you know something. You're too involved in this. I'm like, no, I literally just need a receiver. The entire league vetoed it. I was so mad. And it was a very fair trade.
0: Yeah, I've run into that situation too. And I'm no longer in that league. So I think whenever there's a trade that's vetoed, usually there's no reason to do that that's just a fr- frustrating scenario yeah uh, before we before we finish up with the fantasy talk just really quick i wanted to get your thoughts on people who are rostering deandre hopkins he's now coming back this week what do, what do you expect from him because i have my own thoughts i'm just interested to to hear like if if you are if you were a hopkins owner what do you think you would do with him at this point
1: i'm not but i have been in the past uh i'm definitely starting him I think this actually is going to be a blessing in disguise for him. Like me, hopefully fantasy wise, hopefully you're in a position if you have them where your season's gone well, and you've been able to skate by, but he's always dealt with injuries the last few years. Like he's just been banged up. He's played through them for the most part up until this past year. But now he's fresh, he's had six mm-hmm. weeks to essentially just you know coast by and get his body right. And I really do think Kyler Murray's gonna target him, especially now that they're down, they're have they have a losing record, their offense hasn't been what it was last year. He just lost Hollywood Brown for an extended period of time. Yes, they brought in Robbie Anderson, but these two have a connection going back the last few years. So I'm in this is gonna segue perfectly into our betting section. I am going to bet some overs on him tonight. I think he's going to do pretty well. And guess what? You guys can all laugh at me if I lose this bet. And I probably will lose this bet because I'm really pushing my luck.
0: (laughs) I love that. I, I love talking about this because this is going to come out tomorrow and everyone will be able to listen to this and say, either I'm an idiot or you're an idiot because I'm almost on the other side with Hopkins where I think that he's going to produce when he's back, but I think if you're in a position where you have other needs than wide receiver and you own Deandre Hopkins, I think now might be a good time to try to sell him, especially if he has a nice week this week, because I just think that his perceived value of being Deandre Hopkins is so valuable. And I know that there were a lot of advanced metrics that showed Hopkins wasn't the same receiver as he has been in the past last year. So I don't think he's just your alpha Deandre Hopkins anymore. I do think that he can produce, but I just, I think that he's, he produced or he presents a really good opportunity to be able to sell him. So with that being said, we will move on to our betting side of things just to kind of state where our records are at. I'm six and four on the year, which I'm very proud of. If I can win at a 60% rate, I'm very happy with that. Brendan, you are four and four, which again, it's another one of those. If you're winning half your bets, you're, you're doing well, as we both know terribly because we're struggling. Um, Brendan, you want to start me off uh, with a pick?
1: I will. And I don't feel good about this and I'm really pushing my luck, but I am taking the jets getting a point at the Denver Broncos. Okay. The Broncos suck. They are such a complete mess. Every game Even the ones that they win, they're they're just god-awful. And the Jets are playing with a lot of swagger right now. They're not only kind of like one of those frisky teams, but they're pretty confident. And their defense is for real. Just watching Sauce Gardner last week against the Packers, they beat the Packers by more than 10 points. I mean, and maybe the Packers aren't the Packers of old, but they're certainly a hell of a lot better than the Broncos. And they did that on the road. I don't see the Broncos getting fixed anytime soon. I do think at some point in the season, something's going to happen because I think it has to, but coming off a short week, Russell Wilson, despite what he says about Wolverine blood, he's hurting. I I like the jets. I I think they're, they're a frisky team right now.
0: I enjoy that pick as well. My first pick, I'm going with the Packers minus four and a half at the commanders. I know that the Packers have not been maybe the Packers of old so far this year. But the reason I really like this spot is I like it when you can get a team that is coming off a loss, like the Packers were to the giants that wasn't expected. So you're probably going to get some perceived points there. And then you're, you have them coming up against a team and the commanders who just beat the bears. So I don't know. I think you you get a little bit of a value, whether that's a point, a point and a half. But I just think with Taylor Heineke starting this week, he's definitely a guy where you're you're not going to get blown out. I don't think that the commanders are going to get blown out. But at the same time, I think that you are getting a pretty solid number at minus four and a half with a guy like Aaron Rodgers, who I just I don't know, I, I always kind of trust that he'll bounce back after after a rough week. So lock me in with Packers minus four and a half with my first pick.
1: That's a great bet because on uh, Bet Rivers right now, it's at minus five. So if you can get oh. four and a half, that is a,
0: you know, yeah, four and a half on nice draft balance, value, I believe. Very nice.
1: Yeah. Uh, my second pick is the Falcons plus six and a half against the Bengals. And you talk about a team that has really been lucky for gamblers. I believe the Falcons have covered in every single one of their games this year. Correct me if I'm wrong, but
0: yes, I believe you're
1: correct. And I don't know if the, the Bengals are better, but I don't think they're like back to that elite status that they had previously. Yes. They beat a saints team. They beat a beat up saints team and it took them right up until the end. And I think they only lost by, or they only won by about five points. The Falcons are coming off a really nice win against the 49ers. Yes, they're playing on the road and yes, they're playing in the elements where they're a dome team, but they've had success outside of the dome as well, at least when it comes to covering. So I like the Falcons to keep up this little run they have.
0: That is a nice team to just jump on at this point. Cause every year there's that one team that's not maybe a great real life team. I think they've been better than people expected, but Falcons are probably going to cover a lot of spreads this year, the rest of the way. So try to jump on that ship before it is too late. I like that. This second pick is one that I don't like at all. That's just me being fully transparent, but sometimes the books will throw you a line that makes just no sense at all. And for me that week, this week, that is the Jaguars being three point favorites against the Giants. I, I mean, everything in my brain says take the Giants plus three, but I'm saying no. I'm taking the Giants mind, or excuse me, I'm taking the Jaguars minus three against the Giants, literally because it doesn't make sense. And I trust that the books know more than me. So that is me just saying to all of you out there don't bet that game don't bet this don't bet the Jaguars minus three, but that is my bet this week because it makes no sense. And that is my explanation.
1: That's a great call though, because Jack had a similar, not to pile on Jack or anything, but I remember he had a call. It was the Patriots Steelers where the Patriots Mm -hmm. were favored by two. And he was like, there's no way this is right. Like I'm taking, I'm taking the Steelers or whatever. Um, and sure enough, the Patriots, it was one of those, like the books know more than you sometimes. Yeah. And I like your thinking there. That's a good, just, that is a savvy play by you.
0: I appreciate I, I I'm I'm going to play that this week. And <laughs> again, it's one you just, I, I'll be very frustrated if the Giants like win out right, because I'll be like, damn it. I knew, but no, I trust that the books know more than me. So um, I don't know. I'm feeling another two and a week this week, Brennan. You you have caught up on me a little bit, but you're, uh, I think I'm going to go two and this week.
1: I just don't want to lose so much. I mean, God. We're in this was, together. Yeah. I, I put, I, I shouldn't have, but I put a decent amount of money on that Bill's Chiefs over. Just thinking ah. it. I was like, and I knew better too. I was like, it's not going to happen again. I know it's yeah. not going to happen again, but I wanted all those points.
0: Yeah. You got to bet with the 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 head, not the heart, but it yep. is so hard to do that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for us to get out of here. As usual, we always appreciate all of the listeners out there. And, and as usual, if you ever have any questions about fantasy football, betting, anything like that, me and Brendan both love talking all that stuff. So be sure to hit us up on Twitter. For myself, for Brendan Shagru, Jack Wright, Ryan Dengel, and Patrick Sheldon, we are the Bear Down Chicago podcast. And as always, Bear Down.